pleasure to be here on this Good Friday as we get to celebrate and look at and remember the death of our Lord Jesus. And when Jesus, as he was starting his earthly ministry, John the Baptist saw him at one point and he said, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And tonight that's been my, my prayer and that's my hope that tonight we would be able to behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And we'd be able to see his mercy and his grace and his compassion for sinners like us. And so as we look at the story of Good Friday, right, this, this, when I first learned about Good Friday, when I first heard it was a thing and realized we were celebrating Jesus's death, it, it confused me a little bit, right? Because Good Friday is, is surrounded by so much pain and, and sorrow. And we, we see that, that Good Friday is about Jesus, right? That Jesus, the, the perfect and holy and righteous God-man, right? When we look through scripture, he was, Jesus was, was kind and compassionate and loving every single second of his life. Right? He loved his father with all of his heart, all of his soul, all of his mind, all of his strength. Loved his neighbor as himself, right? He was perfect, his entire life. And yet when we look at Good Friday, we see that that same Jesus, the perfect, holy Jesus, suffers. Right? He suffers physically as he's beaten and he's whipped and he's a crown of thorns placed on his head. He, he suffers emotionally as he's betrayed by his close friend and then as his other friend uh, denies him. We see him suffer spiritually as he cries out on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? As, as he receives the, the wrath of God. And the, the question is, as Jesus is, is experiencing this and suffering through this, the question is, why would he do that? And, and more specifically, who would he do that for? Who would be willing to, to, to who, who's worthy of him experiencing all of this, all of this suffering Especially when we know that Jesus going through this was of, uh, of his own will. He was, he was willing to do this. He wasn't forced to. He said that he lays down his own life. No one takes it unless he lays it down. So why does he do it? Who is he doing it for? And in Romans chapter 5, Paul is writing and, and he says this. He says that verses 6 through 9, For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man, someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. And so when you think about that, Christ died for ungodly people. When you think of that word ungodly, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Or what, what kind of people come to your mind when you think of ungodly, right? We think of the people who throughout history have done atrocious things, right? Ungodly. We, we talk about how we live in a, a godless culture that's filled with ungodly people. In, in Earlier in Romans, Paul is writing about humanity and writing about the, the ungodly people that exist and talks about how there are people who are filled with envy and murder and gossip and arrogance, how people are untrustworthy and disobedient to parents and haters of God. And we slander others. We're unloving and unmerciful. 
And I think sometimes when we, when we, we think about Jesus's sacrifice, when we think about who it is that Jesus died for, we don't have a full grasp that he died for people who are ungodly, people who are sinners, people who don't deserve it. I think sometimes when we think about the people that Jesus died for, in our heads, we have the, the you know, if we're going to use the analogy of, of you know, someone's in the middle of a road and there's a, a semi-truck that's going to come and, and Jesus is going to push them out of the way, right, to save them. Sometimes when we think about the person that's, that's here in the road, we, we think that they're a very, a very nice person, right? They're, they're very sweet. They, they, they're very kind to people. Maybe they give to charity. They, you know, they see homeless people. They, they give them money. They support them. They care for them. And that there's this nice you know, little old lady that's in the middle of the road, and she's about to get hit by this semi-truck. And so Jesus sees this, this sweet lady. She's just, just fantastic and great. And he pushes her out of the way, and instead he gets hit and he gives his life. But what we see is that Jesus died for the ungodly. And so in our scenario, it's not as though there's this nice, sweet old lady who everyone loves and who's the the greatest person in the neighborhood. But it's as though the person that's standing in the middle of the road is a criminal, right? Someone who's killed people, who's committed adultery. They're willing to put other people at risk in order to save themselves. They're, they're, a, they're a prostitute. They've blasphemed the name of God. That's the person that's standing here in the road. And most people, if they were in a situation where they saw someone standing in the road and they knew who they were and they knew the things that that person had done, they knew the evil they'd committed, they knew the ways that they had been selfish and, and, and not caring about other people. If they knew that, most people would just take a step back and say, oh, well, that's too bad. They deserve it. Right? If they, they, they see the semi-truck com- coming, they're, they're, not, you know, they're evil. They deserve it. Right? They sinned against me, so I'm going to hop in the semi-truck and, and floor it because they don't, like, they're not, they, don't, they don't deserve it. Right? They're, they're evil. They're wicked. We think that they deserve it. And what we see in Scripture is that Jesus died for the ungodly, and that surprise, that's us. Right? We are the ungodly. We're the ones that deserve to get hit by the semi-truck, except when we look at Scripture, what we see is that what we deserve is actually worse than that. Romans talks about how the wages of sin is death. That when we sin against the people around us, when we lie, when we... And it's not just the big sins. It's not just murder and adultery, right? It's it's selfishness. It's pride. It's all of those little... when, When we put ourselves before others, it's all of that that when we do that, that the wages of that is death, right? Wages, that's, that's what you get paid when you do something, right? We're being paid in death when we sin against other people. And Romans 5, like I read earlier, mentions that through Jesus, we're saved through the wrath of God. And when we look at scripture, we see that God's wrath is an extension of God's justice, God's perfect justice. Scripture says that Jesus is that God is the judge of all the earth. He sees all, he sees the evil, he sees the wickedness that takes place on the earth. And just like us, right, when we turn on the news and we see evil and we see things that are happening that, that, that are evil, right, within ourselves, we see that and, and we get angry, right? We get frustrated. We, we recognize that things aren't the way that they're supposed to be. And God, who, who sees everything, sees 
what takes place in the world, sees the evil, the external evil, but also the evil within, our, within ourselves. And scripture says that, that because of God's justice, that unless we repent and believe in Jesus, that the punishment for that, that God's wrath is given to a person when they die, when they spend an eternity in hell experiencing God's wrath, right? Where there is, there is none of God's grace and mercy and love, but only his, his anger and his hatred towards sin and towards evil. And when we talk about this, right? The, 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 this ungodly person that deserves this, this, all of this isn't just for sinful people who are, who are out there and they're out in the world and they're causing problems, you know, out there, but it's, it's us, right? We are sinful, right? We have fallen short. We are the ones that deserve this, right? We deserve God's wrath. We deserve God's punishment. But just like we've been talking about all night through, I love how through so many of the songs, the theme of God's mercy has been weaved through these songs. Right? When Sarah mentioned that we were gonna be singing his mercy is more, I got so excited because I love that song. And also because God's mercy is, is, is wonderful. But what does it mean, right? God's mercy, mercy and grace. Those are two words we use a lot. We say them a lot in church, but sometimes we, we get numb to it. We don't understand what that means. So short answer, grace is getting something that we don't deserve. And mercy is not getting something that we do deserve, all right? So grace, getting something we don't deserve, that's if I hand you $100 and I say, take it free of charge, it's a gift, that's grace. Mercy, on the other hand, is if someone owes me $100 and I say, you know what? You don't have to pay it back, that's fine. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take that back from you. That's mercy, not getting something you do deserve. The dictionary definition is compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. And so what we see, the fact that God is merciful means that he is showing compassion or forgiveness to someone and it is within God's power to punish them. Right? Like I said, the wages of sin is death. We deserve God's wrath. We deserve God's punishment. But because of Jesus' sacrifice, we don't experience that. Right? When we look through, like Sarah was reading earlier, Isaiah 53, we see that we all like sheep have gone astray. Romans 3 talks about how none of us is good, how we all have sinned. Our throats are like an open grave. We, we sin against others. We sin against, uh, we sin against God. Right? We lie, we cheat, we steal, we manipulate others. We, we focus on ourselves. And the problem sometimes is that when we think about sin, we don't understand how bad it is. When we think about how God could sense, could, someone could go to hell for an, an eternity and experience God's wrath, we, we think in our heads, that's, that's unfair. That, that's, that's unfair. But as we celebrate Good Friday and as we look to Jesus on the cross, we see, as we see the, the perfect, spotless, holy lamb of God hanging on the cross. We see a picture of how evil sin is. We see the the effects and the results of of sin. And it's not just sin out there, the effects of our sin, the effect of of how we have sinned against God and how we have sinned against other people. As we look to Jesus on the cross, we see the serious of 
the seriousness of our sin. And yet at the same time, we see how merciful and gracious and kind that God is towards us. We see that Jesus would send his only son, his perfect son to die for sinners, to die for people who are ungodly, right? That's us. We see that he would, he would do that. He would, Isaiah 53 talks about how he was pierced for our transgressions, right? A transgression is when we break a law or a commandment. So Jesus is pierced for our transgressions. He's crushed for our iniquities. And an iniquity is a, a grossly immoral act or behavior. So he's pierced and he's crushed for our rule breaking, for our immoral behavior. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds, we are healed. By his wounds, by his body that's broken, by his blood that is shed for sinners, for ungodly people. That's us. That's who he dies for. He sheds his blood. And because of his blood, we have so many benefits that are given to us. Think about it. As, as Christians, we have the forgiveness of sins. We have the, the removal of guilt of condemnation. There's so many times where we are so just in a state of, of sin, right? Sometimes we sin and then we go to God and say, God, I'm never going to commit that sin again. And then 10 minutes later, we're doing it again, right? We're in the same place that we are before. But when we look to the cross and we see Jesus's blood that is shed for us, we have that forgiveness. We have the, the cleansing of 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 guilt and of condemnation, right? Romans 8.1, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ because of his blood that was shed for sinners like us. And we have the Holy Spirit within us. God, God hears our prayers. He's our father. He adopts us into the family. There's so many benefits that we have as Christians and it's because of Jesus shedding his blood to, to restore us and bring us back into right relationship with God. And it's through that, that's how God demonstrates his love for us, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. It's not that we deserved it. It's not that we earned it. It's not that we did enough good things. And then after a while, God said, all right, you've, you've checked enough things off, off the list. Now I'll send Jesus to die for you. It's not that, right? It's the opposite. We deserved wrath. We deserve condemnation, but God's mercy. He doesn't give us what we deserve. He gives us his son, Jesus, who sheds his blood for us. And we get to see who God is through that. God's compassion, his kindness, his love towards sinners like us. And so as we continue to reflect on Good Friday and reflect on Jesus shedding his blood for us, I want us to remember who it is that Jesus died for, right? That Jesus died for sinners Jesus died for the ungodly. Right? It's not that people deserved it. It's not that we earned it, but it's solely because of, because of God, right? because of God's grace, because of God's mercy. Nothing within ourselves earned it, which also means that there's nothing within ourselves that we can do to remove it or for it to go away because it's all from the first to the last, it is all God. God's grace and God's mercy, that's it. The Bible talks about how God is holy and part of God being holy is that he's set apart, 
He's, he's not like us. It's, it's not that God is, is like us, but better, but God is just in a completely different category. And in God, we see that God dies for sinners, people who don't deserve it, people who haven't earned it, who couldn't earn it. That's who Jesus dies for. And so as we continue to reflect on what Jesus did for us, my hope and my prayer is that we'd be filled with, with gratitude that through his blood, we've been redeemed. We've been restored to God. We've been reconciled to God. We can be reconciled to each other. We've been forgiven. And my hope, my ultimate hope and prayer is that as we look to Jesus's death and look at why it is that he died for us, that once Easter comes and once we celebrate on Sunday and gather here together again, that it would be so much sweeter knowing the, the depth of God's mercy for us. All right, so let's pray. Lord Jesus, God, you are so, so, so good, God. Oh man, Lord Jesus. God, we thank you. God, we thank you for your mercy. God, thank you that even though we deserved to be separated from you, Lord Jesus, even though we deserved to, to be cast out, to be cast away, Lord Jesus, that you sent your son to die for us, God. Lord God, I know that so many of us in here know that, Lord Jesus. We know that you sent your son to die for us, to die for sinners. But God, would you, Holy Spirit, work in our hearts and work in our minds to have a deeper understanding of what that means, God? God, would we have a deeper understanding of our sin, Lord Jesus, so that we would have a deeper understanding of your mercy, God, of your complete undeserved mercy, the undeserved mercy and grace that you have towards us, God. So God, would we be in awe of you, God? We know that the only way that that can happen is through you, Holy Spirit. So would you help us and cause us to be in awe of you, Jesus? God, that's our hope. That's our prayer. Would we see you today? Would we behold your glory? Would we behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world? Takes away our sins. So Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you. And it's in your precious and your holy and your almighty name we pray, Jesus. Amen.